Yeah, yeah you got to hit the ground running. Right. With no direction. Just just start running. Like a Bob Dylan song, No Direction Home. Oh, man, I listened to a Bob Dylan song with Erica real close the other night, The mm-hmm. Ballad of Hollis Brown. Mm-hmm. Have you listened to that? No. It's a heavy song. Is it? Yeah. It's about a guy who lives on the outskirts of town, and everything sucks. <laughs> like... <laughs> His horse has crazy blood, and his kids, he's got four kids, or five kids, and he doesn't have enough food. He can't get a job. He's like, you wonder if you have any friends. Your empty pockets tell you you don't have no friends. Oh, Bob. And then he's kind of fixated on this, uh, on the seven shotgun shells he's got, and the shotgun that's on his wall, and the shotgun that's in his hands, and then he kills his family. Oh, good God. Yeah. That's a perfect uh, perfect segue to hear about Roman's top five this list. So, <laughs> so you guessed it. Perfect Acceptable Podcast, Rome Dogs, top five of 2019. Let's hear from the old bean. Roman Stad, he lived on the outskirts of town. And it was a bummer. <laughs> And chips. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're a guy who takes care of himself pretty well, but you also love chips more yeah. than anyone I've ever met. Oh, I love chips. Last night I had a bag of blue tortilla chips and salsa for dinner. Oh, yeah, you also <laughs> vacillate between saying salsa and salsa. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I do. Roman, it's here. Because I like to play with people. The Yule log is burning. The fire is still going. The Christmas lights are blinking. You are covered in a in a sort of ambient glow that reflects both the Christmas and Yuletide emotions that are in the air. It's you and I. We're here in the study. It smells like mahogany and... Yes, mistletoe. Mistletoe. God damn it, Roman. <laughs> you, you just love playing with people, I guess. Or you're just really good at covering up your in, uh, inability to, to read. Um, but as we sit here and enjoy the... Mistletoe. The, 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 flickering, the flickering flame dying out uh, of 2019, would you tell me about some of the high points on it? What were, your, what were your top five comics that came out this year, Roman Statler? Well, I had a hard time narrowing it down I know. to just five. Like um, all of us, you yeah, you bounced you bounced around a lot. All yeah, yeah. of us did. Yeah, yeah. Um, but my top five, and maybe the first one won't. Well, it's not quite over yet. So, mm. but I'm gonna say most of it came out in 2019. The uh, colorized from hell. Oh. But, but don't worry, folks. It's not because you say colorized and you think that you automatically picture like everything's been colored and it's really Jimbo yeah. bone. Yeah, yeah. No, actually, Eddie Campbell went in with this one, and Eddie Campbell did it. Yeah, he did the coloring. Wow. Yeah, going back and I, and to I'm, the work yeah. years later. And I'm sure it, Alan Moore was just like, "Yeah, go ahead and do that." Yeah, That's I wonder fine. if Alan Moore <laughs> has total contempt for people doing anything to From Hell like he does with Watchmen. Probably not. I don't. Well, he hasn't taken his name off it, so I guess not. I mean, I, I, I know he didn't like the From Hell movie, but you know, admittedly, it's not. Who did? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not a good adaptation of From Hell. Um, but no, Eddie Campbell went in, and he didn't actually like colorize everything, every like everything in the panel. He added like some, 
I want to say sepia tone, but I think that's probably the wrong phrasing because that might just refer to photography. Uh -huh. But it's kind of a sepia tone effect. Um, some brown, some rust colors, and then some of the 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 gory scenes of the, the remains of the prostitutes, of the women. He then he added red, you know, blood, and that's it. Those are the th like the two two and a half colors they added. Interesting. And it really works well. It's really it was done very artistically, very craftily. Um, it adds to it. Cause I remember reading from Hell before and thinking, you know, some of the scenes. It's real scratchy, yeah. And real, real, because that's his style. But some of this, it, adding these colors, just like one color, it really brings out the art. I, I can, I compared some panels to the old From Hell version, and yeah, it looks, it looks a lot better. It's a more clear. Yeah, I think that the, I think the scratchy art, which is a good way to describe it, because it's super complex and detailed, but it's, it's got an almost amateurish quality while it's not at all but yeah. like i think that is honestly the biggest barrier between at least myself but i think other people and that work as well like the it uh on the surface doesn't reflect the like type of work that alan moore puts into things generally yeah. so and, and as great as it is that it is uh great looking but I, I it is interesting to have it colored like that but Gosh, I have watched you take you know two weeks at a time to finish those issues because they're yeah. big issues. Did it originally come out as small issues like that? You know, I never. Or did it come out as a big old book? No, it originally came out as small issues. Okay. I think. I mean, originally it was serialized in. Um, oh boy, some magazine. Okay. Back in the late '80s, um, I forget what magazine. And if it was British, a British magazine, and then it was published as issues, kind of thicker issues. Mm -hmm. Though not as thick as these, and then it was collected. Because these are annotated as well. Yeah, by yeah. Uh, by more. Oh, really? Yeah, which is also very entertaining because he'll add he'll in an annotation annotation he'll say why he did something for story effect, and sometimes you know he'll he'll say in his self-aggrandizing way he'll say, well, I did it for this reason, and a lot of people are going to hate me because of this, but you know, thought it was funny or whatever. Those and then there's have to be older annotations, right? I think so. There I've been I've been, been re a... reading and wondering did Alan Moore add anything at all to this? I don't think yeah. he has. Because yeah, he doesn't seem like a guy that goes back and revisits yeah. his work. Yeah, this is just totally Eddie Campbell adding colors. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, well, what else is on this list? We got From Hell, which is From a very Hell. Roman pick. It is. I'm excited to get the collection when it comes out. Hopefully in 2020. Um, Silver Surfer Black. Ooh, we haven't heard about that one. We haven't. No. I was thinking probably a bunch of us. Have I picked think that. I think it's the most common pick. Yeah. No. Yes, it would have been House and Powers, except for. I think you tipped it in the the Silver Surfer Black camp. Did I? I huh. think so. Cool. I think cool. it's on four people's lists. Yeah, and I should have grabbed one to have in front of me. It's it's just such a amazing book on different on all these different levels, cosmically, like Marvel cosmic fun level, like psychedelic metaphysical level, um, and the colors in this kind of opposite of or, or a higher spectrum. Than Eddie Campbell's in from in from hell because it's multiple colors. It's all beautifully done. The I like what it did with the surfer, taking him back in time and being instrumental in some of the surfer Galactus mythos. Yeah. Um, in, in a way, creating things that later created him as the surfer. And it has, it has is it's canonical, so I didn't think it would be, but right. you know. Silver Surfer's now the Black Surfer because of events in that. In Thor, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that it's. I think that if we were to have to just 
go by the number of books or lists that that book is on, it's probably our like the shop's book of the year. Yeah. Like, I think it's like more, more than Mr. Miracle. Um, that one would have been last year, I think. Oh, okay. That one would have been a year ago. I think the closest would have been House and Powers, which was on three people's lists. Wow. Yeah. Um, unless you've changed it and put it on your list. Nope. Nope. All right. Cool. I was trying to, I was I trying to be original. <laughs> no, no, um, no, no. I was, I was trying to be ori- original, not pick that one, because I knew you guys would all do it. Yeah, we're big fans. Um, all right. What else you got on here, old man stat? 36-year-old uh, stat. Im- yeah, only 36. Immortal Hulk. Yeah. By Al Ewing. Ewing. Um, and we've talked about it so many times on the podcast. It's just an incredible read. It's metaphysical and literary and... and it does stuff with the Hulk we've never seen before. Psychological. That, yeah, yeah, it builds on Peter David's decades-long run, um, but goes in deeper places with it. It's interesting the direction it's taken in the last, like, six months or five months. Like, the we're in a kind of weird now, like, sort of sociopolitical spot where yeah. we were in a very sort of psycho-religious spot, you know, a year ago. Yeah. But I like that your picks are, are mostly, like, ongoing books. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, Immortal Hulk, man, what a... What a book. Al Ewing and then Paul Mount. Joe, Joe, Joe Bennett is the artist. Joe Bennett, yeah. Yeah, amazing art. Amazing and art. I, I, and I, don't, I can never remember what else he's done. But. I don't know at all, but he's got that sort of Alan Davis style, but I like it more than Alan yeah. Davis. But yeah, it's definitely too. in that camp of like kind of flat, muscular, and grotesque. Yeah, yeah Immortal Hulk. I'm, I'm so glad that there's a Hulk book that's coming out that's like <laughs> top tier for Roman just because yeah. the first five years I knew you, six years, seven years I knew you, uh, there wasn't really a... A Hulk book that people were super jazzed about. Yeah, yeah, it is really nice having that again and yeah. having Hulk be a major player in the and Marvel universe. Yeah. yeah. All right, so we got From Hell, Silver Surfer, Black, Immortal Hulk. They called us enemy. Oh, by, by George Takai. That's not on anybody's <laughs> list for sure. Nope, nope. I love that. It was one of my monthly picks. Um, George, is it Takai or Takai? I don't even know. Um, I would say Takai, but I will never tell you you pronounce anything wrong. I'll tell you you pronounce it funny, like salsa. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, change to salsa. salsa. To, um, takai. Um, but you know Japanese, don't you? I took two years of it, yeah. which means I remember nothing. <laughs> I took two years in high school, which means I'm prepared to do nothing. <laughs> you took two years Japanese, I took a year of German, so we're prepared to travel and to look like fools. Canada. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's the story biographical. It's the story of his experience being a little kid. Um, he was like the oldest of three siblings, but still like six or seven or so. Um, and his family being put in Japanese internment camps during World War II in in the United States. And it's just his accounting of that going up through in later years when he was a teenager and and him getting in arguments with his father because he was always like why. Dad, why'd you go along with this? Why did, why, you know, why would you just kowtow to the American government? And blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting because it gets into the real history of it and different legislation, le- legislation that was done, you know, just racist legislation mm-hmm. to uh, lock people up. You know, the same th- type of thing that are happening now. Right. Um, and the relationship that he later learned that his dad was actually very smartly going along with this because what choice did you have right but he was actually helping people within the camps in their their um, Asian Japanese American communities dealing with it and trying to help them um, survive and keep in touch with their relatives and and wow. just get along with all this his dad was did a lot of heroic stuff but like 
behind a desk, you know, with pen right. and paper. It wasn't anything dramatic, so little George never saw it. Right. Yeah, that's bananas, man. That's a whole period of American history that they don't talk a ton about. And yeah. I'm glad that there's, you know, the further away we get from it, the more stuff is coming out about it. Yes. Yeah. Like, that's the kind of stuff when you're learning about World War II, you're like, you know, oh, man, the Nazis did this horrible stuff. And America was doing stuff that was pretty despicable as well. Yeah, yeah. And in light of current events, it's important to know this stuff. Yeah. Because there's versions of it happening now. Yeah. Okay, well, take me somewhere bright for our final fifth one. <laughs> um, and my la- my fifth one was Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Ooh, you can't take her <laughs> Cause, down. Because she's unbeatable. And it, her comic is so much fun. It was. And, uh, was, yeah. Unfortunately, it's ended now. Um, Ryan North, they've moved on. Um, her comic is just super smartly written. It's all about the point of the overall point of the entire run runs um is the power of friendship because she tries to first she always tries to win conflicts and by talking with people and arriving at a common ground rather than just resorting to fisticuffs right away Mm -hmm. and and it's always fun i mean there's her her and her best friend are computer science majors so there's some issues that are like heavy on computer science references which I didn't get it all, but even those issues, they always make me laugh. They always make me smile. It always feels good reading an issue. The collections all have great pun titles. It's kind of also a surprising pick because you, there's a lot of small text in it. There's a lot of (laughs) like, I remember when it was earlier coming out, you're like, this dumb text at the bottom and it takes forever to read. I got my magnifying glass out and now... You know, it really is throughout the whole run. It's been one of your favorite books, but it's been kind of cute to have you uh, be irritated by it. Even their first uh, original hardcover they did, graphic novel, that was really annoying because I read the whole thing, but they had like the little, because they they do either editorial comments or sometimes it's in the voice of Squirrel Girl. It it changes. It's either the editor or her um, at the bottom of almost every page in the graphic novel. And... I can't not read those. It's like the text pages in the back <laughs> of the comic. I'm like, this is part of the, yeah, yeah, it's part of the book. I got to read it. And actually, I, I did email them, and I don't know, I never got a response. But So I, I can't say that it was because of me. But I did email them just, like, jokingly, playfully complaining about that. Oh, and going, I know I'm the old, I'm old and I can't, <laughs> I'm old, I can't read this. And it did change after that. They started using black ink, so it was easier to read. Oh, what was last, it before? Like a... Uh, burnt orange sienna or something <laughs> a real light tan color maybe Interesting. Well, light orange but yeah they went to black for like the last i don't know 10 issues huh gosh yeah that's a sad one to have over i'm, I'm bummed that it yeah there's gonna be you know a giant 50 issue omnibus of that whole run at some point yeah you know, and you'll be able to get the whole thing That'll be cool. They, yeah, and I don't know why Marvel stopped doing un, unstop all their untitles, Unstoppable Wasp and Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Did Wasp stopped? Yeah, yeah, or... that that ended too. And I think before that it was, I think Hellcat had an un something. Yeah, Hellcat. yeah, yeah. There's some Patsy Walker Hellcat. Yeah. Oh, maybe that wasn't the one. There was there wasn't a third un- untitled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was also fun, and I don't know why they end. Well, I know why Squirrel Girl did because. Ryan North and yeah, they wanted at least they wanted to do something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gosh, well, Roman, you think it was a good year for comics? It was a great year for comics. Yeah, it always yeah. is. Yeah, there's all yeah, there's always good years. I mean, we start out this year thinking, you know, what's 
what's this strange crossover, but that's all going to be good. Yeah, yeah. And even when there's not great mainstream stuff, there's all these amazing gems to find hidden. Like for me, Ghost Tree was mm. this like yeah. amazing thing that wouldn't have been you wouldn't have known that it was amazing unless you just randomly picked up one of the five issues that was on a stand somewhere yeah. because no one ordered it. But Anyway, buddy, well, thanks a lot for hanging out with me for a minute um, and for saying goodbye to 2019. I'm looking ahead to 2020. Ta-ta. Ta-ta. 2019. Um, they're all going to miss you, but I get to go to trivia <laughs> with you after this, so We're it's very good. The, the category tonight is... Uh... No, I forgot her name. She, has, she was just on Saturday Night Live as the musical guest. Um, um... Bjork. No, the the Eddie Murphy episode. Um, I can't believe I because I, the first time I ever heard of her was on Lizzo. Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, I don't know anything about Lizzo, so we're not going to do well. Yeah, we'll we're going to we're going to bomb. <laughs> we'll see you there. Bye.